I do not ship this. This is this is not my ship. <laughs> this is my friendship. Yeah, I'm about to say you guys are supposed to be my OTP. <laughs> <laughs> End game. <laughs> yeah, Avengers Endgame. Oh my goodness, I did the exact same thing. We we literally I remember getting in trouble with the principal because of some fan fiction I had printed. Uh <laughs> I was in middle school. I was in middle school. I was in 7th or 7th grade and it was it was not Harry Potter. I hadn't actually even read Harry Potter yet. <laughs> my favorite fan fiction. Um no. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my fandom, my top. Um, no, it's uh, it was um, it was an anime fanfic. It was for Fushigi Yugi. It's all about just sharing the love, really. Well, and it's still the it's still the uh, series or medium or whatever you want to call it. It's it's still the. A uh, book with the most fan fiction on the internet. Like, if I just went to fanfiction.net to confirm that I'm not like hallucinating that, and it, it literally is, it has over, it's almost, oh my God, it has 800,000 fan fictions on fanfiction.net. And I just want to establish fanfiction.net is an older, less popular website these days, still one of the leading websites for sure. But so for that website to have over 800,000, it just shows that Harry Potter is just unreal popular for fan fiction specifically. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, I would I would say that there's a large percentage of the community that, you know, for them, fan fiction is just straight up pure wish fulfillment, which is awesome. I love that it can be wish fulfillment. But for me, and probably a lot of others, it was that I didn't want to leave the story. I was still obsessed with what I was reading or what I was watching. I wasn't done for it to be over. I wasn't ready for it to be over. So I just read fan fiction, wrote fan fiction so that I could still live in that world. yeah that could be it too yeah (laughs) yeah honestly sometimes fan fiction is more like what are people willing to do? Like, what, what are they willing to, like, where are they willing to take this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know what? We're not going to give the real definition because that's the new definition. (laughs) (laughs) You mean you've heard the term.
Yeah. You just accepted it. You accepted it into your head as like true. So even though there's nothing in the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well you know what a really popular head canon is actually this might even be called a fan canon is uh that keanu reeves is a vampire an immortal vampire so head uh canon is a personal belief that is maybe not true but uh, you know it works there's no evidence against it so a fan canon would be like a group of people get together and agree on it Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like the Rugrats, the Rugrats all being dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. But I think with that, we need to back up a little bit. We did just kind of gloss over OTP. Yeah. And OTP was the start of so many fights when I was younger. Right. And so... Um, what, is, wait, what does it mean? O Sorry? OTP. OTP stands for One True Pairing. Oh, okay. Which means it's your ultimate dream relationship in a show. Like, if you're ever obsessed with characters getting together and dating, like, let's say people really want Bella and Edward to get together, that's their OTP. Like, they're fighting hard. Yeah, and we don't talk to those oh, people so that's... because they're just really vanilla. And <laughs> but another way for that was, and at that time, it's a good example, was Team Edward, Team Team Jacob. Right. That would be... Yes, and so those were competing OTP. Oh, okay. And almost like the boy band fights of our youth absolute like lines were drawn friendships were ended yeah you know you you were either one or the other and you did not mess around with that i'm trying to think if there were any other like otps that were as contentious i think that's when it really hit mainstream you know once you're like printed on like yeah. king cups like yeah <laughs> i mean but the, like before that naruto ships got real dicey oh sure and that but that's more like in that's not like it didn't hit the mainstream but that definitely hit the like fan yeah world. naruto ships were hard um, do you mean the 
the anime where the guy wears the thing on his head and the kids run funny because yeah. of it? Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, well, okay, so then backing funny. up, That's even before Edward and Jacob, would you say that there was a big throwdown as to whether or not Hermione was going to end up with Harry or Ron? Oh, right. There definitely was that. And I guess actually Harry Potter ships can be very contentious. Ships being the relationship that you're Team Jess, Team Dean. Team Jess, Team Dean. Sam and Diane. (laughs) I mean, it's not an unusual, like, trope, you know. It's a love track. Right, exactly. I think just... Team Jess or Team Dean, you clearly mean the OTP of that show, which is... Team Logan? No. (laughs) Lorelai and Luke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one you're... That's the one you're waiting to ha- have happen. Yeah. And I think something I should add about the OTP thing is that one person might have a lot of ships or people that they're hoping get together in a show or something like that. But you only have one, one OTP, one. right? And at some, you know, it's, you know, evolved now that like some people have multiple OTPs, but you only ever have one OTP per right. show. Oh, per, okay. per thing. And that's, yeah, I think that was sort of the fun thing as all these various shows kind of split off it gave you a reason to have you could have your naruto otp but your shippuden otp be totally different because oh yeah this is me showing that i know way too much about a show i've never really watched well past past otp were some other terms i should know um do you know what slash fiction is i thought i did but i truly don't know so what did you think it was i truly thought it was purely character from this show or, or or piece text sleeps with this character. I thought it was purely sexual. It is, but it's also purely homosexual. Oh, okay. So it does mean that there's going to be sex involved, but oh, yeah, okay. it's but it, gay. Which is pretty dang cool. Yeah. So it's not, it's not just the umbrella term over just crossovers? It's, it's purely a sexual crossover? It's purely same-sex sex. Right, and it doesn't oh. have to be a crossover if that's not... It I didn't understand a single part of shows. it. <laughs> you understood that there was sex involved. Yeah, I mean that's fan fiction. <laughs> you understood that it's definitely smut. Uh, well, it's not. It's I guess slash can be fluff, and that's another term. Fluff is when it's not smut at all. Fluff is just all like handholding, kisses yeah. on the cheek, courting yeah. in that you know very. Jane but it's Austin still it's still romantic. Yes, it's fluffy. Mm-hmm. It's cute yeah. and fluffy. It makes you happy. And we talked a little bit before so about the the antiquated term of lemon. I don't know that one at all. So that one just means straight up smut. Where's the name from? I don't lemon? know the name, the term lemon. That's a this good isn't question. like we'll an internet to, like, one joke about through. lemon party, is it? I have no idea. We would just have to search. I don't know if internet, I want to like, search the archives internet. and find I think it. I just want to like live in my well, own we'd have to find our veterans. <laughs> so then, kind of once you get past some of those things, you just get into genres of fan fiction because then for uh-huh. every genre of show there's a genre of fan fiction so you can have a show about witches but have a cute romantic comedy fanfic the, oh, okay the, the 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 constraints of the show don't apply in the, cons- the constraints of fan fiction world necessarily unless you want them to when you're writing it uh-huh. um so there's a lot of stuff for au which would be alternate universe of you take the characters from your show and you put them into some other situation. You say AU? AU. What's that stand for? Alternate universe. Alternate. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't put that together. Um, some. I'm trying to think. What would an example be? Yeah. Yeah. So you took the the characters of Fraser, and you wanted to see what the characters of Fraser would be like in 
the 18th century. Well, that's what I said earlier, right? I said that I wrote a, I wrote Saved by the Bell episode, but through like the lens of like a Beckett play. So it's in the universe of, of Sam Beckett. Yeah. Or that right, or is that that's maybe a little bit different? That's more of in like the too... writing style. This is like physically taking them out of their element. Oh, okay. It's sometimes people rewrite the entire story, but just you know, imagine it inside of like a oh, high okay. school or a college. It's not like when the Ninja Turtles went back like to that. feudal Japan. Yeah, it kind of is, but <laughs> not quite. Oh, well, that was a time travel movie, though, so that might be a little different. Right. Well, they yeah. they made it canon by adding a time travel element, but if if someone wrote that on their own, independent of the show, yeah. that would be an AU. Probably, and this is kind of where we have to talk about the elephant in the room, the most famous AU fanfic of them all. What if you took the characters from Twilight and made them adults, and they weren't vampires? Oh, if they were... In the business world, and they, and they like videos. <laughs> What's the original title of that? It's like <laughs> Masters of the Universe or something, something like that. Yes, yes, it is Master. master yeah, not Master. It's not yeah. He Man. No, it's not He Man. <laughs> yeah, but I think that was probably to specify. We're talking about Fifty Shades of. Grey. Yes, I think for a lot of people, Fifty Shades of Grey was probably the first fan fiction they've ever read, and maybe the only fan fiction they've ever read. There's no way though that it hasn't. Fifty Shades can't be the first thing that's been a uh, fan fiction that's turned into something else. Do you know what I mean? It has to have existed before. Oh, yeah. It's definitely existed before. I'm, And I'm sure a lot of the fan fiction writers who got published through mainstream publishers probably wouldn't want to publicize it. Well, yeah. Even, even now, but if you go back in the day, like how many... How many unfilmed Star Trek scripts became 70s Battlestar scripts? You know, like... Right. Well, and you look at point. things like... Yeah. Um, Neil Gaiman had a book come out a couple years ago where he wrote about Norse mythology, but not from a like a research standpoint, but he tried to make it more of a cohesive like novel story. You could count that as fan fiction. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of Romeo yep. and Juliet fan fiction. Some of Shakespeare's work is biblical fan fiction or like historical fan, fan fiction, fiction like all of his Henry plays. Yeah. yeah, no, but I think for a lot of people, that was the first piece of widely publicized fan fiction that they knew or may not have known really directly came from and not that comes out of like a writerly like oh i have to change this and this and that becomes a different text but from the community of fan fiction that 50 shades came from it came from the fan fiction community that lives online yeah yeah i think that's the that's the specification and i think for all of the shortcomings of 50 shades I think it was really exciting as much as at the time all I wanted to do was talk shit. It is really exciting to see essentially one of your own make it. Even though I I don't know E.L. James, I've you know never you know, I never read her fan fictions when they were online. Did you ever read the the Christmas one? The Christmas one? By ELF James? Damn it. I knew that was coming and I didn't stop you. You know, just because I didn't, I wasn't aware of her before Fifty Shades, it is still exciting to see that like, hey, this fun thing that we do can sometimes pay off. (laughs) In a big, massive, best-selling book, you know, three-film deal. Yeah. Which is, or in the case of the new Harry Potter movies, the Fantastic Beasts, just raking in more dough for JK. So what else are there? So you guys went through. There's OTP Lemon, Fluff. Uh-huh. AU. Uh-huh. Now, are there any other terms that you know that you want clarification on? Not that I know that are from the 
the fanfic world, but as I'm learning, they've crossed over, and I was unaware that that's where they're from. Let's see. Let's think of some fun ones that we went over. Well, there's there's different you know tropes that happen. Um, friend to lover, enemy to lover. Yeah. You, I can assume you get what those mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, a fun one I learned from Jen at the top of the show was PWP. What was that? Can I go ahead and give yeah. that one its definition? No, you do it. I don't, I don't, I well, there, there's the official one, <laughs> which is porn without right. plot. Or the one Jen taught me, which was... <laughs> plot what plot <laughs> I'm pretty sure plot what plot might have come first I actually don't know which one preceded which but I like plot what plot because it's very uh, safe for work <laughs> the uh, SFW version uh, let's see a lot of stuff that I like reading I like reading stuff that's like a point of view shift so you completely you take the the scene and you write it from someone else's perspective um I like missing scenes, so if there was something that happened off screen, I like to see that kind of explored a little bit more. Uh, right, or like a continuation of a scene, right? Like it seems to cut off right when it's about to get good, and then it like fades to black. Well, you know, they'd write out what happened. Right. In that dark so room. one of the, so <laughs> one of the fan fictions that I actually wrote, and I will do my best to dig it up. I wrote a fan fiction probably in my early twenties kind of discussing the death of Eris in Final Fantasy VII, but, like, in that moment between life and death. So that was trying to point of view shift from what happens in the video game, which is she gets stabbed and then dropped in the water. See, now that's similar to something I've written, where I wrote what uh, Severus Snape was thinking when he died. And then one of the other ones, the stuff that I loved reading, my favorite fan fictions always to read from Harry Potter, were, I guess you could count kind of, count them as missing scenes but i loved stories about the marauders which were um harry potter's dad right yeah that's what uh serious and Mm -hmm. and crew and lupin and um that would be interesting yeah the one we don't talk about (laughs) which one i truly don't know (laughs) the rat the rat can it be more obvious He's literally a rat, and then he ends oh, okay. up being a rat. Yeah, because <laughs> symbolism in those books are not very... They're I got good you. in an obvious child... Not always subtle. ...children's what kind of way, but very literal, very surface level. So yeah, I used to read a lot of that stuff. That's one of those things that I, I hope and pray in a lot of ways never gets adapted into a movie because I would be so excited for it, but nothing that I could see on in a movie would in any way match my headcanons. Yeah. You know, what's interesting too, is sometimes I think taking fan fiction and making it film, or even, I guess what I'm really saying is anytime a film feels like fan fiction, it feels out of place. Like the criticism for the Harry Potter play, a lot of people said that it felt like fan fiction. It didn't feel true to the books. It felt more true to what fans wanted, like wish fulfillment or nonsense or something like that. Well, and that's an issue that we keep running into as much as I love the show. That's a really difficult thing to watch on some of the CW TV shows, and it's not just Riverdale. This is a a, a pitfall that I've seen happen in a lot of them where the fan theory and the um the fandom in a lot of ways takes over the writing even if there's no one in the writers room to do so. Right now we're seeing this, you know, ride or die Betty and Jughead relationship, which I love. They're they're really my OTP for that show, but 
the fandom makes it such that if you even try to bring in another character to possibly get between them or something to get between that's them, what happened. You remember before riots. season two started, they introduced Tony Topaz and they just said the actress that was going to play her, Vanessa Morgan, and she started getting death threats. And then the moment the show, the moment the show showed Cheryl and Tony Topaz in the same room together. The internet went crazy saying, oh, these two should date. And then three episodes later, they were dating. But that was no, that was obviously not the plan. Right. It was obviously they saw that idea. Fans really liked that idea. And then they wrote it into there. And it's, that's fun that the fans can respond a little bit. And that's a different sort of relationship with viewer and, and creator. But at the same time, you know, I get a little, I want the creator to do what the creator wants to do. Well, and when they first announced her, she was supposed to kind of create some tension between so there was supposed to be tension between her and Betty. And the minute the fans heard that and were rioting, they're like, no, 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 but she's gay. Yeah. They couldn't make a character, a queer character to make a queer character. They had to make a queer character in response. So to the, the real life actress could be safe. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. It happens a lot in Supernatural, but I think they ha- they handle it a lot better than other shows. It happens in like Game of Thrones, doesn't it? I... Oh, it happens in Game of Thrones a lot, and it happens in the- like. Oh, I get so mad. <laughs> yeah, Game of Thrones is at this point is nothing but fan fiction. Well, and the Vampire Diaries was really infamous for having some of the most toxic and aggressive like fans in like the in the world. No, maybe that's an exaggeration. They yeah, still have a they still yeah. have an active vocal right. Fan so their base. fan base was so aggressive that they actually literally. Um, they literally like ended relationships, fired actors, things like that, just just to appease right. fans and keep people safe. Which that's not unique just to the vampire vampire diaries. So I'm not like calling out the fans. Um, it happens to any fan base that gets right. Yeah, I think my favorite way they dealt with something like that was when I used to watch Gossip Girl. There was a small yet vocal. Um, group for what they called Dare, which was Dan and Blair, because Dan was sort of the like mousy, outcasty writer one, and Blair was the queen bee. And everyone's like, "This is my OTP. We need to see it on the show." And like one of the last seasons, they finally had this like weird moment where they were kind of playing with it, and it was so awkward and so awful. It was like basically like, "Shut up, internet. This is what you asked for. We're doing it, and no one likes it." I mean, that's that's. uh that's Joey and Rachel, the last season of Friends. Was anyone asking for Joey and Rachel? God, what a nightmare. They've all, the rest of them all no. hooked up. Let's just have this one last one. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say Rachel and Joey is what I would call crack fit. <laughs> Leia, you want to take it away? You No, you need to explain crack fit. I'm going to get too angry. It is when... Crackfic is when it is literally total nonsense. There is no basis for it in the show canon. There's just no basis. And you just, you're like, you know what I'm going to write? Absolute craziness. Yeah. That sounds it's fun. It is a lot of fun. I love reading it. I love reading it. I don't like seeing it play out on Friends. What would an example be? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. It, let me see if I can pull one off the top of my head. An example would be like from Riverdale, Kevin and Betty. Oh, okay. Because Kevin is gay, and they've been friends for a long time. Nothing about that pairing makes sense. Yeah. It wouldn't be like Spongebob, like a Spongebob fanfic where, like, Patrick kills everybody. Yeah, it could be. It could be something like that, maybe. 
There's something that has no basis in, in anything. Yeah, it could be. Or uh, Plankton and Sandy. Yeah, I mean, that exists, certainly. <laughs> I mean, it all exists. Yeah. But yeah, no, they make me... Crackfic makes me so mad. Because some, like there are people that could write it and have it be really funny. But 90% of the time, it's like, I'm an edgelord. Let me just piss you off with this like hashtag so random. Well, that brings up a good thing. I'm not a good thing, but an interesting thought that I had. And I don't mean to be disparaging, but what is the, like the success rate for fan fiction? Because there's so much of it, and a lot of it. And the the reason I think it's so positive is that it's very democratic. Anyone can do it. Right. What is the success rate for fan fiction that you've read? Like that has been uh, something you could read. Wait. So what do you mean success rate? Yeah. Things I mean that that's like good. Good well. to you, I guess. Uh, what would I consider a success compared to fiction? like what you read? Because when I have looked at it, I feel like I have a. It's all 50-50 at the most, at the best. But I don't. I, I haven't spent a lot of time looking. So I think if you read a lot of fan fiction, there's a lot. We we talked about this real quick earlier. There's a, there's some really telling things that you know to just skip. Okay. Obviously, if there's a genre or a type of story you don't like, you're not even going to click on it and open it. Yeah. I joked that earlier, if for, especially for Riverdale, because it is a show about teenagers. The show is aimed at teenagers. I'm 30-year-olds aren't the target demographic. So there's a lot of people who are younger than me with very different interests than me writing Riverdale fanfiction. If I see a, a title that they then tell me is song lyrics, I'm going to skip it. Now, though, but there probably would have been a time where you would have... Oh, absolutely. And written something. Yeah, if it was a Paramore title or something. Evanescence, please take me seriously. You kind of pick up the tells of like, no, I'm going to like this. I'm not going to like that. Yeah. So I generally don't read things that I don't like. Yeah. And I read a couple paragraphs to get the feel for the author's like intent, right? Like if they're just going to like go wild places with it or if it's going to like, basically I look for formulas. It's very, sometimes it can be formulaic, which is perfectly fine with me. I have certain formulas that I want to read and I look. And by that token, like what is your success rate with books? I mean, that's what I was thinking too. If I'm looking especially at like, you know, student poetry, short stories, even just short stories that are just shared on a website the same way, you know, a lot of them. Yeah. I'll do the same thing. I'll read a couple paragraphs. I'll move on, you know, Right. Okay, so I guess what I would say then is with my success rate for fanfic, it's similarly low to books, but I have a higher tolerance with fanfic because I know it's just anyone putting anything out there for free. That makes sense. We're not making money off this. Like, I appreciate them. Thank you for putting something out there for free for me to read. So I just, I'm totally okay with a really bad success rate. Right. Of, like, there finding was, good fanfic. There was no big company behind them double checking their editing. Yeah. Or even their spelling. So mistakes happen and things are clunky or incorrect because it's all one person putting this out there. There's no, you know, maybe they have their friend look at it, but there's no real team to make sure that it's perfectly polished. Yeah. Also, fanfic tends to be pretty short. You know, uh, there are very long epic fanfics as well. Yeah. But most are very short. Yeah. So you're reading like a you know, it's not a big not. investment. I thought for a minute when you were talking about success rate, you were talking about author success rate. Oh, no. I mean, what's, and that's, that's kind of hard to tell because for the most part, you're using some sort of internet pseudonym. You're not even using a pen name. You're using a screen name. You know, other than E.L. James, the only, the only one that I know of, and I learned about this recently and was very excited about this, is um, a woman named Cassandra Clare. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she wrote The Mortal Instruments, and I have not read them, but I watched the movie, which I liked. I thought it was fun. Anything where you put Jonathan Rhys Myers in it, I'll watch it. But I didn't realize 
She was the same Cassie Clare that wrote the very secret diaries of Lord of the Rings characters that we were all obsessed with in middle school. Did you ever read these, Jen? I never read them, but I did hear about the controversy surrounding Cassie Clare. Um, that that hit the yeah that hit the uh, the fanfic um, world pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna read a very quick excerpt excerpt of the um, very secret diaries of Legolas because this just goes to show you how far we've come in the things that we find funny. Day one. Went to Council of Elrond, was prettiest person there, agreed to follow some tiny little man to Mordor to throw a ring into a volcano. Very important mission. Cold rings, so tacky. <laughs> Day four. God, so good. Boromir's so irritating. Why must he wear a big shield like a dinner plate all the time? Climbed up Caradras with wimpy humans who cannot walk in snow and insisted we climb back down. I'm definitely still prettiest member of the Fellowship. Go me! <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. That's it, a good fanfic. It is, it is. And she did it for all the characters. It's clearly, you know, based on the movies. But it's just so fun. There's one for Ringwraith number five, but none of the other Ringwraiths. Oh, that's fun. So it was really <laughs> exciting to find out that the person that wrote this absolutely bonkers fanfiction or series of fanfictions actually got... Went on to be successful. I also did just learn from Googling. Have you guys seen The Magicians on Netflix? Yes. I read the first book, actually. We did it as a, a wedding party book club. Okay. It's pretty funny. I asked about the TV show instead of the book now that I think back. On it. Anyway. <laughs> um, so Lev Grossman is the person who wrote that. And uh, Grossman wrote fan fiction for Harry Potter Adventure Time. And this is my favorite. How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> so that makes a lot of sense. So when you read The Magicians, um, and it's a, it's apparent in the show too, but the some of the way he phrases things make it really apparent. It reads like someone's like crossover fic for Harry Potter and um, Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, I was going to say, it feels very Narnia to me. Yeah, and it's very much of, like, what happens if you went to wizard school and then found out that, like, your favorite magical world is not only real, but terrible. Yeah. I could see how, sort of, past wanting to live in this world more and all that, how how fan fiction could be a, a very, very helpful writing exercise and a way to, to maybe get yourself through, like, a little bit of a block. Because if, if that person that wrote The Magicians that you guys were talking about saw Harry Potter and goes like, oh, I want to do something like this. Obviously not this. I don't know what to do, but I know I want something with these vague rules. Let me start there and then violate my way through it. Or let me start there as a starting point. Well, when we saw with, with Fifty Shades how, you know, a little bit of lipstick really can make it a different story. You know, there are enough people that don't know that Fifty Shades is a Twilight fan fiction. And really the only difference it made for me when I, when I, when I did read a little bit of Fifty Shades, I did is the... Kind of the parts where, like, Christian is, like, kind of telepathic a little bit. It doesn't really make sense. And, and Edwards, I know, is not truly telepathic either, but it makes those, like, weird ESP moments he has make a little bit more sense that he's supposed to be the vampire. Not, not a lot of sense, because it's, it's also kind of weakly described in Twilight, but it gives it a little bit of context. But past that, you really couldn't tell. Yeah. If you didn't know to look for it. Well, and I... Because I liked historical fiction, and I don't, I truly don't think I even have it anymore. I was writing by hand a Lord of the Rings fanfic about Arwen and Aragorn's daughter around the time that Aragorn dies. Mm-hmm. 
and I I probably had six front to back two lines per college ruled line writing it was bonkers this thing I was writing but I wrote it like a history yeah so basically it was a way of writing a a historical fiction type story with the constraints of this other world and these other characters that I had to make sure that I addressed and treated respectfully or not respectfully depending on how you feel about them yeah i think i think when we talk about fan fiction i really understand the urge to write it even if i don't want to do it like that but i also i write a lot of pastiches in my own pieces i write a lot of things that are inspired by other things or directly just lifting from them or even just sort of working as a a visual collage so i understand that part but i think the part that i and that i wasn't a part of it's truly just the internet community part. And I think that's that's such an important part of it that I just didn't have a, I, I wasn't doing. So you guys have to be my, my surrogate there a little bit. Did you guys have a lot of time on LiveJournal or fanfic or whatever, be, becoming friends with, with other writers and and doing that whole thing? Or were you guys all pretty solitaire, solitary? You mean, did I collab with people when I wrote? Or just the, did you did you become a part of the community? Were you Were you commenting on people's things? Were you... Oh, making friends, I, making I enemies. It, there was a time where in a very small fandom, I hit it pretty big in the fan fiction world. What? <laughs> I had some of the most read fanfics in the entire fandom. What in fact, fandom? I will not reveal this where I am recorded, but uh, it was a small fandom though. So that's why it was easy to make it. Wait, big, wait, wait. Type was... it in chat. Marmaduke? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you guys to be able to find it by searching it on AO3. I'll tell you later in a second okay. after I hide some things on my AO3. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was friends with other writers. We talked to each other. Um, the biggest website for sharing fan fiction is called Archive of Our Own, which is abbreviated as AO3. You can leave comments on people's fanfic, usually to encourage them to write more, say how much you loved it. So we would comment back and forth on each other's work. Yeah, it, it got really big. And um, we would beta for each other, which means we would read each other's work oh, before it was published to give feedback. Um, yeah, it was pretty awesome. I was very, very famous in that fandom. I had a Tumblr with like thousands of followers. Whew, I'm pretty proud of that history. <laughs> it's funny because I don't even watch that show anymore. Oh, a show. It was home improvement, wasn't it? <laughs> Jen, Jen wrote the pilot script the last man standing did you know that yeah. <laughs> they changed her her name off of it took it, off. it was the office <laughs> <laughs> that has to have a that has to be probably a bigger community that's not fan. a fantasy or sci-fi i was gonna say let's thing. let's go like let me see if i can pull up on fanfiction.net how many yeah because i mean like there, there, there's popular ones that are probably pretty obvious if you had to pick for fanfiction.net, so granted we established earlier that it's a little less popular. Passe. If you could pick the top five television shows to have fanfiction. Okay, so Supernatural. Ding, 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 number one. Number one. Out of five. Out of five. Try to give me top five. I can't even think of uh, four more. Uh, is Riverdale up there or is that too new? Uh, it's not on fanfiction.net. On their top. Vampire Diaries or the originals? Uh, Vampire Diaries is not top five, but very close. Game of Thrones? No, no. No, and that no. might go under. That might be under book, though. Sometimes that. Gets yeah, that under, would be categorized. It would be categorized under book because it came. It was the Office top five? So. No, the Office is not top five. So the top, Probably not even like top twenty. Like yeah. So the top five 
is Supernatural, Glee. Sherlock. Sherlock. Sherlock Glee. Yes. Doctor Who and Once Upon a Time. Oh yeah. Oh, Once Upon a Time, of course. Once Upon yeah. a Time. Yeah, Once Upon a Time, which feels like a fan fiction TV. Which and six yes. really like punched me in the gut because it shows how far uh, how old I am. <laughs> six is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was going to say X Files, which is kind of X Files is up there. The one that is surprising. So between Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Vampire Diaries, now this is fanfiction.net, so clearly. The um, fan base is slightly out of touch. Right between Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Vampire Diaries is NCIS. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. I, I mean, I, feel, I think a few years ago we would have seen CSI, and that's just because those characters are so simple to deal with. And NCIS, though, huh? Not NCIS Los Angeles? No, just NCIS. I think it might be all of... Oh, so there's some Harmons, there's some Cool Jays, there's some Chris O'Donnells. Oh, do we need to get deep into the NCIS? fanfic no i think we're let's fine. click through let's see it's all polly and mark Harmon, right and her her it's it's no what it is is it's uh it's polly's dog <laughs> right all right you guys um <laughs> you've lost jen i'm sorry i just i checked ao3 to see the top five yeah what are theirs are you are you curious you want to guess is- supernatural is one of them okay, so, so I'll give supernatural you the- we- it's not even number one it's not number one. Oh. Okay, so, okay, so it is just TV shows? Yeah. Okay, Doctor Who and Sherlock have to be on there. Nope. No, what? I, I, yeah. Oh. Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> God, I wish. I love that show. Yeah, um, that that's a fan fiction I can get behind. Okay, so three of them are the same, which drives me insane. Yeah, they're just, so um, it's three different versions of the same thing. Star Trek? Uh, is it no? Is no. it vampire? Isn't Vampire Diaries have the spinoff and the spinoff of the spinoff? Yeah, it does, but it's still not this. And so I'm gonna t- I'm gonna say it now. You're gonna be like, duh. So it's gonna be Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, The Avengers. I thought it was just TV. Yeah, apparently, because there is there are Marvel TV shows, so it, those get categorized under there as well. Oh, that's crazy. This one surprised me though. DCU, really? That made it. To the top that makes sense because people like like Arrow and Flash. Yeah, and Supergirl. Well, I guess you're right, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of like Flash and Arrow for sure. So, and I guess if you think of it, those are like umbrella tags for like a bunch of different shows. So it makes sense that they would have the most. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting though. I wonder how much they use fan fiction, especially now that like to decide the the success of a TV show or a movie. Or a book or whatever. It's much more holistic. You can't go like, oh, it sold this many units, so it was a success. It's how many people are tweeting about it. How many hashtags? I wonder if the number of fan fiction uh, engagement goes into that conversation at all. Yeah, I have no idea how they're... That's a good question. How that, would be. that sort of stuff would even begin to work. I had a question, yeah. though, before we started, too. What's the... I know that there's all these rules for it. Look it up. What do you What do you guys think, especially Jennifer, considering she's famous, apparently? Oh. In an extraordinarily <laughs> small fandom, just so we're clear. The fandom is very small. Is it even something we'd know about? Absolutely not. Okay. It was, they're one, it's one direct. It was Naked Brothers. That's probably what it was, right? Um, hey, I mean, don't it's, step it's on like my a, property, a, brothers. Here, here, I'll give you a clue. It's a foreign TV show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll never guess it. You probably, I'm, you truly, you've told me, I'm sure. And I just, I, I don't remember. Actually, I have, yes. <laughs> Are you guys concerned ever with the legality of it? I know that can that be. That used issue. to be a thing, actually. Yeah, on fanfiction.net back in the day, you used to put a disclaimer before every uh, 
posting and just be like, hey, just so we're clear, not trying to steal from the author. Like, as if you really needed to do that. But like, know. also, like, that's binding in any way. <laughs> it does make a difference if you uh, say that at the beginning that you're not trying to make money off of it. I guess, though, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? They're going to tell you to take it down and you take it down. Like, no one's going to, unless you're selling books, no one's going to, like, ask for money, I can assume. I know that there are authors out there in the world who despise fan fiction and actually do feel like those writers are stealing profit or fans from them. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, I think they're in the minority. At least that's my guess. Uh, But yeah, I don't really think there's ever been any case of like actual legal action being taken against writers. I just know that you can't actually publish it and like make money from it. Is that a consideration you ever had writing that? No, but there is... And this is just a little bit of a difference in, in cultures. You can go, when you're in Japan, you can buy essentially fan fiction manga. Yeah, I actually was thinking of that too. At stores. And it's as much of a of a market as regular published manga. Yeah. Right. So these like uh, these fan manga comics, they're called doujinshi. And it's like do, doujinshi. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting because uh, I actually own some that I bought while I was in Japan. I was like, dope, cool, like fan fiction that I can actually pay for, which now that I think about it, wow, why was I so excited to pay right. get for free yeah. everywhere else? Yeah. <laughs> no, but it totally, the fan fiction, like making money off fan fiction is always in the back of your mind. Because when you think about it in theory, like you've got a captive audience. Oh yeah. Well, and you have people who are literally if you're if you're doing well, they're commenting on every chapter that you upload because these are serialized most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time you're posting one chapter, a couple weeks later posting another, right? They're begging you to post. It's like, please post another to the point that it might even be like uncomfortable for some of the fanfic contributors. Yeah. They're like, dang, get off my back. I have a life. I'm doing this for free. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. But uh yeah, I mean there are people who write serialized fiction and um it succeeds really well because of that captive audience that you get just like with fanfic now was yours um was yours serialized or were you writing one shots i wrote mostly one shots which is just basically like fl- flash fan fiction right but um, i say do you know what the difference between serial and one shot jesse i can i know okay. that from books and comic books and stuff right so i did have some serialized ones but i'm actually really bad at keeping them updated because again it, i don't actually get paid to write them so it's like i'll just write them as long as they're fun and then i stop yeah so I nev- I've never actually completed any of my serialized work mm-hmm. for fan fiction. It's only ever been my one shots that were obviously completed <laughs> as soon as they were uploaded. It's a lot easier, truthfully. Yeah. Yeah. Now that now that you mentioned that sort of thing where people are constantly commenting on it, I will say, and I think I think I'm going to keep going back to it because it's the one I know the most, but, but my immortal always has that thing at the beginning of each new section where it's the author's note where they're complaining about how somebody was mean in the comments or, but but it's a very specific storyline that now then shows up through the rest of the story because that's an absurd story but now I, i'm kind of understanding now that that premise of that joke of before the story's telling it's another chapter in the author fighting with somebody in the comments that that has some basis in the reality of, of fan fiction right well and even outside yeah. of my immortal a lot of the stuff that i would read you'd say you'd see people write stuff at the beginning is like an author sort of like thank you so much for my for the support i'm sorry this was late uh-huh. like i hope you enjoy it please leave your feedback just like someone would do in a youtube video yeah now. you know like and subscribe yeah part of how you yeah the like, interact and, the like and subscribe which is like favorite and comment <laughs> uh, right that makes sense yeah. i actually really like that aspect of fan fiction because 
feels like you're engaging with your reader, which as a writer is really entertaining. Yeah, the relationship between reader and writer is essential one, sounds like in a lot of fan fiction situations. Even if it seems like if you're popular relatively, you're still, you're maybe not seeing it live, but you're still interacting with with your readers almost instantaneously in a way that you, you don't get other places. And I guess in a way it gives you an opportunity to respond through your writing to things that they like or dislike, which I mean, I think that can be bad in some cases, but because it can get you off track, but it can be really good because then you know, like what's worth your time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, I guess it depends why you're, why you're doing it. Well, and for what I've noticed for some people is it becomes a little bit, you can see a lot of the times in the comments that that is, that's the way people are reaching out and connecting. Yeah. And when you get to some of these like bigger serialized pieces, you're, you're not going to get the response that you will with, you know, either a smaller fandom or even a message board. Like it's just a lot of people shouting into the void, looking for a connection uh-huh. that may not ever be there. Yeah. And it can be kind of hard and sad. I get it. So is there anything else about, about fan fiction you guys want to talk about before we set off to this, this fan fiction February adventure? Well, I'm really curious to see if we can set a little challenge for ourselves. Yeah. If by our last episode of fan fiction February, if we can all bring a little piece of, fan fiction to to share not a whole completed piece obviously we've proven with december and with nano that we're not we baby steps so i'm saying like a scene a little back and forth sound good should we now should we logistically should we should we come with up with the ideas what do you mean come with the ideas or should we assign each other by committee Oh. What do you think, Jennifer? Well, what I liked the idea of was maybe just writing what we like writing a summary or like a concept. Oh, like, yeah. This is, I'm going to write an AU of this, right? Maybe Leah and I will, will challenge each other. That might be well, fun. Well, feel free to challenge me too. Like, if you guys I was about to say, I kind of I kind of want to, I think we should kind of shake it up and challenge. Yeah, we can figure that out. But I, so, but I don't want. All right, so here's what we do then we write like the summary concept, like AU of like Marmaduke, right? Which is Jesse's big dream or with Garfield. <laughs> um, so we write what that, and then we assign it to. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's an interesting But idea. I think we got to be a little bit fair. Cause you know, my go-to if I were assigning it to Jesse would be Riverdale, but I couldn't necessarily assign Riverdale to Jen. So what if we pick our own, pick our own, you know, base, fandom. our own fandom. And then someone else picks what we're doing within it. Yeah. I think that sounds fun. We'll bring that back for next episode. We'll be able to to say that. To think a little bit on that. Yeah. We're going to put this challenge out there. Yeah, we'll come back. I'll I'll write down some ideas that I want to do. You write down some ideas. Jen, write down some ideas. Or an idea. And um, we'll, we'll bring it next week and we'll get that done next week. And I think for next week, I want to delve into a little bit of bad fan fiction. Bad? What do you mean by bad? So bad as in not good or poorly written fan fiction, because there is a large obsession on the internet with this kind of stuff, and there's a lot of questions about it and yeah. how we talk about it. So I wanna... Yeah, and I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fun too that goes with it. That uh, you know, like people who parody bad fanfic intentionally. Yeah, that stuff can be fun. Well, as a as a non fan fiction person too. I think I had this assumption that that bad is the the default. So anything that's not bad is 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 in the minority. Um, and which which sounds like that's not true, uh, especially if you know what you're there for and you understand how these things are supposed to work a little bit. So so I think that'll be interesting to talk about about what actually is bad. 
because it's not the answer is not all of it like i just assumed right there's a whole range yeah so we'll do that and maybe um if all of our readers behave themselves we'll treat them to some uh smut fan fiction talk by the end of the month you girls are the experts <laughs> you know? unfortunately that might that might just be i still remember jesse the one time we i was like i sat in on one of your classes in college and you actually introduced me to the class oh. as the girl who writes homoerotic Harry Potter fanfiction. Yeah, that's right. I or forgot about that. Harry Potter uh, literature or something. You said something that sounded very like fancy, and I was like, "Yeah, I write fucking." Trash. Oh, and she had that's to like right. talk to the class. It was, it- <laughs> and everyone everyone was very receptive too because it happened to be a class on sexuality. So thank God for that. I failed that class, but oh. <laughs> we all really like talking to Jennifer. <laughs> I mean, I would. So, so then one of the other things we want to make sure that we bring up this week is what's making us sweat this week. So then, before we wrap it up, let's talk about what's making us sweat this week. Yeah, just whatever's making us inspired, or or maybe influencing us to write, or making us think about writing, or even that we're just enjoying right now. Uh, Jennifer, what's making you sweat this week? So I got really into this Chinese TV show, as is my habit. Mm. Uh, It's on Netflix. It's called Three Lives, Three Loves, Ten Miles of Peach Blossom, Eternal Love. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) it's actually common with uh, stuff like that. Anyways, it's, uh, it's like a retelling of like a very popular Chinese fairy tale about this couple that loves each other through three lifetimes and they're gods and stuff. It's, it's really fun. Oh, that sounds fun. It's like a, it's fun because it's a, it's a popular fairy tale. So you find retellings of it through a lot of Chinese TV shows. Um, kind of like maybe for us, Romeo and Juliet, maybe, I don't know if it's quite as pervasive. I I'm kind of clueless on that front, but um, it was so good. I just like power watched it just, and it has like 60 something episodes. And anyway, I'm very obsessed and there's just not enough fan fiction for it. There's only 21 fan fictions on the internet that I can find. Oh, no. Right. That's not right for an obscure Chinese television show that is not popular in the United States. So what's making me sweat? I think, okay, I am probably sweating about the fact that I haven't played Kingdom Hearts yet. Talk about fan fiction dreams you know, what would happen, but what if Mickey were Cloud? You know, what if, <laughs> what happens if you mashed up to everything that I loved in my teenage years together? Final Fantasy characters, Disney characters, and um, boots the size of your head. So, <laughs> you know, I loved the first two games. I never had the handheld devices to play the smaller offshoot games, but you best believe that I have read my fair share of Kingdom Hearts fan fiction. And so I can't wait to dive into that game and have all new avenues to go down. Uh, for me, what's making me sweat this week is uh, is the book The Recovering by Leslie Jameson. I, I found it accidentally at the, the library and it's part memoir, part literary history, part sociology part philosophy where the the author leslie jameson talks about her 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 journey into alcoholism her journey out of alcoholism but also the way that especially in literature alcohol problems are mythologized you know the the drunk author is oftentimes the drunk male author is oftentimes assumed to be more in touch with reality in a way other people aren't so she talks a little bit about how you know, there also is drunk female authors and they're treated differently 
also that the story of authors after they sober up is as interesting as the stories about when they're when they're not sober mm-hmm. and how that shifting that paradigm of thinking that a drunk author is as exciting as a sober author as a whole and also has ramifications of just the American the the solo American drinker who might not be a writer how their personality afterwards is as exciting as their personality during and, and it, it's just her her way of trying to come to terms with that herself and also seeing it in a in a bigger a bigger way mm-hmm. it's exciting yeah, should be good so I think really awesome. we're gonna have a lot to sweat about this month I'm so excited for our first fan fiction February so with that. We're going to wrap it up for this episode. Make sure you leave us a comment wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Apple. You can find us on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts we try to be. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. And if you have your own fan fiction to share, please send it our way at the right sweatspot at gmail.com. Yeah, and also just to self-promote myself a little bit, before last week I was doing the annotations for the the podcast, which meant I talked about, I I made a list of every fucking reference we made and linked to the Wikipedia page about it, and that was exhausting and not really worth it. So what I have done is shifted into instead talking sort of holistically about what the episode was, so bringing up things we talked about, references, or just ideas, and then kind of just going where I want to with it. Because this is a podcast about writing, and then I get to write about the podcast about writing. So I get to do the work that allows us to do the podcast in the first place. So if you go to over to our, our WordPress site, you can find those. There's only one up now, but there'll be one for this one. <laughs> you should check them out. They are pretty fun. So yeah, with that, we'll catch you on the flip side. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. See you next week.